I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Nolika Radway. And I'm Andrea O'Brien. And this is Triggered. Our podcast about all things and media that have us all up in our feelings. Good morning, Anne. That is so. Yes. Good, good morning, morning, Nolika. We just gonna we gonna just hold each other's hands. <laughs> we gonna woosah today. We gonna woosah way through this that's today. Right. We, gonna, we gonna breathe All it right. out. We gonna breathe it out. There's a full moon coming. It's in, it's, it's I like I feel I'm, it already. I'm so excited for I, it. I'm so excited for it. I'm, I need I it. I have things to do. I need it. I have it. things to do. I need it. Okay, so Anne. Yes. Um, what what tarot did you pull this morning, my friend? <laughs> so, from the next world tarot, our favorite oh, I'm tarot. I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie. I'm scared you should right be now. scared. Um, I chose our lovely three of swords. Oh, I knew it! I knew it! You I knew that I pulled this card. It is. I felt it in my. Okay, that, it's, it's for I've us. Been in it's for all us. the feelings. <laughs> yeah, I've been in all the feelings. Um, so for just you know for audience purposes, this card <laughs> is. <laughs> Illustrated um, by a heart with three swords piercing it. And in this particular tarot deck, the card feels like melancholy. Melancholy jumps off of the page. Hmm. Just hurt and trauma. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It's really around... You know, picking at old wounds, at old traumas, being stuck there, be, sitting in it. And is that a healing or a hurting kind of self-sabotaging sort of cycle that you're in? And I um, apparently live in the cycle of heal, self-sabotage. I guess everyone does. Healing yeah. isn't linear. Yeah. Um, but it says... We engage in cyclical self-sabotage because both because of both our choices and our oppressors. The Three of Swords is bleeding for you, asking you to take care of yourself today and contemplate the accountability of your oppressors later. You are surviving, so nitpicking at the scabs of your story only makes the story longer. The story is your past that is better left alone, shining in retrospect when your spirits find their home. But, uh, sorry, it's a long one. And this is the end of it. Decimated at night when your bones are aching to renew. So yeah, so me and the stuck in the trauma. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll that's, that's a always show. a read. That card is always a read. It's always reading you. Snatched like, my, all, all of my edges, and I don't have edges because my sides shaved. Snatched yeah. the stubble. Yeah, always. <laughs> well, I I pulled the King of Cups, which is the last card in the tarot. And I pull this card, you know, I'm starting to pull this card more and more often, which is interesting to me. Um, it's a beautiful um, illustration image of a woman sitting in a wheelchair and just like like a throne of sorts. But um, I, basically, uh, it's about um, 
this space between gentle and tough love. And I'll read just the last part of it. The King of Cups reminds us that we are the masters of our success. Honor your gifts while you trek for the internal voice that echoes the King's collected rage and unconditional love. So like um, this card in me and this feeling of like that rage and that mm-hmm. unconditional love and kind of like sit in in the balance of both those things i'm feeling tipped towards the rage right now i'm i'm i'm, I'm petty pete <laughs> like that's where i want to that's that's what i and it's just like a reminder of like i know that i am capable of holding a lot and mm-hmm. unconditional love and like pushing past and hold and like holding space for and like I know that I've been given all the tools to like do those things um yes and and (laughs) the like resentment is like a feeling that I've been like engaging with more and It's just hard. It can take over everything. It can make you. It can you. It can. It's not. It's not a good space for me. It was like a reminder. Like, it's okay to be your light, free love, higher power person self. Let this kind of scorekeeping go. You're such nope. a Libra. You're such a Libra. You find your way back to the balance. <laughs> I, however, the mm, Scorpio, mm. will sit in the resent pit I for know. a long time. It's so we're gonna. We, 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 it's not good for me either. But we're gonna work our way through this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into. It. Let's get into. Let's it. get into okay. it. Okay. I am in the process of investigating all things like trans like my you know in my own family we're like trying like we're a trans family and that like that's part of how we experience the world and like also learning how to be those people and engage with Mm -hmm. all of that and um queer and all that so i watched i think i might have mentioned it earlier but i watched this oprah or somewhere in this podcast like Nonlinear with, um, with Elliot Page. Yes, yes. And uh-huh. something that was mentioned is Disclosure, which is a documentary on Netflix. And so I went and found it, and oh my gosh! First of all, the Netflix needs to do something about how much content they have and how you find the things that because are relevant. The algorithm and, it's so that much. they have is crap. Because, it's crap because it's not feeding me the things. No. Disclosure is <laughs> is brilliantly done. It's so engaging. And it basically talks about how um, Laverne Cox is like a big um, character in it, like a big voice in the whole doc. But it talks about how trans identity has been depicted in media from the beginning. And it was so eye-opening. Like, there were trans characters in I don't think it's like Birth of a Nation but the guy who the person who did Birth of a Nation did another silent movie but the main character was trans so that's like in the what like 1800s wow I mean it was like I was like what the what am I watching right now like what's happening and and they just carry us all the way through to present day and 
just different people telling their stories, their brilliant, like, amazing stories. I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned, I mean, the knowledge was, like, so much. And I think the part of it that is triggering, I mean, the whole thing is triggering about my ignorance. But um, I think just that how invisible when something is not your experience how invisible how invisible all of it is like how invisible mm-hmm. those people individuals can be even though you're ingesting this media all the time even though you're watching these shows all the time they did this thing in particular about all of these straight white men that have won awards academy awards for playing trans characters versus hiring or like casting real trans women in those roles and like Mm -hmm. what is that all about anyway it's so good things that you experienced and watched that you didn't recognize how demeaning it was to the trans community even in places where you feel like, oh, it's uplifting, there's that character. And you're just like, no, this was whack. This is so whack. This is so, this is so, this is so fucked up. And, um, and did they differentiate between like trans and drag and blah, blah, blah? Did they go through all of that? Because I think they that's the went other into piece all of, of it. I mean, the level that they went into this documentary. Okay. Just, I mean, it. honestly, there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. They were, it was awesome. I, everyone should go watch it right now. Like after you listen to, it. you can stop right now. Actually, you can pause the podcast if you need to, <laughs> and just go and, and watch it and come back. But yeah, it was excellent. I really liked it. Um, what do you okay. have for us today, Anne? So I'm gonna start um, with some fun. Um, Good. I have heavy later on. Um, but some fun. I have actually a couple fun things today. Okay, good, good. So I'm going to concentrate on women today because women are doing things. Always. And this uh, first thing is season two, episode four of A Black Lady Sketch Show. Ooh, fun. <laughs> Just like context. First was excited about it because Robin Thede, the creator, producer, what have you, of Black Lady Sketch Show had a short-lived show on, I think it was on BET. It was like a comedy sketch talk show sort of thing that was kind of short-lived, but funny. Mm-hmm. I also, I'm not like the typical sketch comedy, slap, slapstick comedy person. Mm-hmm. I sometimes struggle with it, sometimes find it really funny. Like, mm-hmm. I can't watch a whole episode of Saturday Night Live. I, can, I actually like go on YouTube, watch Weekend Update with Michael Shea and the mm-hmm. dude that dates Scarlett Johansson. I feel so bad that I don't know his name, but that's who he is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will pick out different things. But I Side note, can I do a sidebar real quick because you mentioned it? Yep. We need to do a whole episode of Triggered about Scarlett Johansson because she is like a huge trigger for me. Oh, no, huge. Yes, like that's a whole massive. side. Massive. That's trigger. a whole side okay, of yes. Okay, no, no, Continue. that's fine. Continue. <clears throat> um, and so, season one, I found good. I didn't laugh all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like there were spots that were brilliant, but mm-hmm. not like not funny, but mm-hmm. but humorous. Mm-hmm. Season two, which actually is um, the absence of one of my favorites, Quinta Brinson, I think is her name is, is not on the show because she's in conflict so I was a little like yeah she's not on I love Quinta B what's going on um but they bought in two new women and the show is hysterical I really found like they found 
their groove in season two. They continue to bring in like random guest stars, mm-hmm. but they just weave into the story. They don't make a big deal out of mm-hmm. them and they weave out. Um, but this episode, season four, I can't, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there were two particular sketches one where this woman is turning 35 and her fairy auntie mother shows up and it's like oh you're 35 you're an auntie now and she's like trying to turn her into and she's like wait 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 no what i'm not an auntie that is like old shit and the way they execute it is hysterical and then the second one is like a encouragement intervention because they have a particular friend who is like yes queen for everything and they're like the shit is over the top and inappropriate (laughs) you cannot always be encouraging and the way that I felt that in my soul Mm. like because I totally understand what was triggering for me especially about that was Mm -hmm. I am all for the upliftment of triggering me right now over here yo in all ways yes i am all for it but also toxic positivity is a whole fucking thing sometimes shit is just bad sometimes you acting a fucking fool sometimes you need to sit down someplace you need to be sat down someplace and sometimes it's okay to sit in the bad feelings like you don't have to encourage me out of it what you can say is this feels really badly Mm -hmm. i can imagine this sucks Mm -hmm. it sucks hearing it so Mm -hmm. i don't even know how you feel in this is but you know what it might get better Mm -hmm. it might get worse or you know you created this shit so Mm -hmm. sit with it and figure out what the hell Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do next time Mm -hmm. but it was it was so well done and the women are so damn funny oh yeah they are just and i love that they're just being like all the things yeah and so this i this episode was like oh y'all hit your sweet spot oh, and i yay. appreciate it you described season one so perfectly and my how i received it which was like i was entertained and i laughed sometimes yeah. but i wasn't like laugh like roll over it was just like i think no. these people are it, yeah and then but i wanted to do well but i wanted so to do yes, well I and i and i did enjoy it i did not not enjoy i just wasn't laugh out yeah. loud funny to me but i i'm here for it and i know I'm here for it. And hopefully I get, I just like being in this media industry, just realizing how long, unfortunately it takes for, um, black women to get creative license fully. So you might get your show, but that doesn't mean you're getting to make all the decisions about what actually goes out into the world. And I think, I didn't realize that until I'm like myself finally. I was like, oh, I got to do this thing. And they're like, cut, 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 edit, change. And it like, but uh, what? <laughs> it still looks kind of like what I True intended. Story. It still looks kind of like it, but not exactly. So, so I listened to this podcast. You know, I'm the. I'm, I'm recording. You have a whole family of people to help you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Okay. Close the door. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, <laughs> sorry, back here. You know, I'm the podcast queen, and I listen to a podcast called Finding Our Way by Prentice Hemphill, like a Yoda-esque entity in the world. I don't know how to, I don't know a better 
I don't know. When something is Yoda-esque or Yoda-adjacent, I am here for it. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you, know, you know I really feel hit like... Hit my Star Wars. Yeah, yes, you my Star know. Wars thing. Um, so, just, just un- unworld, like, of a different space and time. Has this podcast, it's like a meditative reflection on our deepest selves. But not in an Oprah-esque way, in more of a getting smoked out with your people and just, like, vibing way, which I just am here for. Um, the Oprah way is cool too, and sometimes, but it's like it's very blackly black, you know, that kind of thing. Um, anyway, on temp- this season, so season two, um, episode three, um, Prentice interviews this dude. I need to find his name right now. His name is Bio, and I'm gonna mess it up the ass name, but Akomolafe? Akomolafe. Please be right. If it's not, I apologize. <laughs> anyway, Bio is... Woo! Go listen to it. It's talking about just kind of all of the things, but basically breaks down this idea of, like, the fact that when we're doing, you know, movement work or, like, um, you know, civil rights work, um, Black Lives Matter, all of these kind of entities, all these kind of, like, protests, that there's like a deep flaw in it because it is still based on wanting a seat at this table of your oppressor and how if we really looked deeply into it um there's a critique of or like not a critique like he's so like loving it's not even like the way like way he was saying it wasn't even like coming for people it was just so like I know we're trying, but I love loving mm, correction. Yeah, it's like a loving love correction. It. Like maybe we should think about it in this way. It was an excellent conversation. You know, it's interesting. The podcast was called "Finding Our Way," and he said something like, "My goal is to get lost." He's like, "I really feel like how we get liberated is by getting lost." Like the actual like opposite of like trying to or like not opposite but like a different iteration of this idea of finding your way is like to get lost it was beautiful and that really triggered me because you know how much like my favorite thing is to get lost in time and space and hearing him say it the way he articulated it was like yes that feels like liberation to me like no ties like no kind of getting lost is freaking phenomenal yeah that is that is yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that's phenomenal. And like how that's the step past like finding home or finding um purpose or if I was like just being lost. It's like the freedom to just like vibe. And so it was it it warmed my soul. It it really did something to me. It's like one of those things that it was like for me. So yeah, I really appreciated it. What do you have for us, Anne? So my second one, we're gonna stay with black women in comedy. Mm-hmm. I watched um, on, I believe it's on Showtime, season one, episode one of Z-Way. <gasps> yes. Z- so Z-Way, yes. I, I believe she's a black woman. <laughs> she, is. Um, she is. Yeah, no, I just, I don't, you know, I hate identifying folks' oh, okay. race and gender I think for them. She, I think so, she's like, clear I she's believe black. that's how she, she's pretty, pretty clear. I'm pretty clear she's like, And Z-Way, I don't want to call her just a, com- she's a social commenter, commentate, mm-hmm. she's something. And her art, which she says, is making people fucking uncomfortable. 
And I experienced, and this episode was focusing on white women. Mm-hmm. That was like the title. This was what we're oh, doing. This goes she comes right back out into saying, what I'm about to talk about. This we're is great. Go ahead. Focusing on white women. Mm-hmm. And I was uncomfortable. I had secondhand embarrassment. I laughed. She interviews um, uh, Gloria Steinem. She interviews. Oh, God, why am I having a hard time? She has a show like Pretend It's a City, Fran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fran, it's, it's going to come, come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these are, Gloria Steinem is the the, mm-hmm. the feminist party movement, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. beacon. Mm-hmm. And she asks them questions. And it's some of it is editing, I'm sure. I'm sure that they are um, briefed on what kind of show it is. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of her questions to Fran Feinstein is like, what's a bigger problem, racism or slow walkers? Mm-hmm. And she looks at her like, is this a real question? And she's like, well, I don't encounter racism that much. So slow walkers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know what the bigger problem mm-hmm. is, but in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has a sketch where she interviews various white women named Karen and talks about the Karen phenomenon. And it is, I mean, I... I was embarrassed them. I was waiting to cringy to see what they were going to say. Mm-hmm. Some of them were like, you can tell have done their studies of allyship. Others are like, I, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it is clearly she is here to kind of kick indoors. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like this show. I actually had a really good time. Oh, yay. I am very open to seeing episode two. I am, you know, I, I'm hoping that that the theme of making folks uncomfortable doesn't get, I don't get jaded to it, but you know what? These white shot jocks and making people uncomfortable has been going for years. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that she grounds her feet in and does this in to, to the wheels fall off. Um, but it's, it, and I love, you know what else I love seeing written by executive produced by oh, like all the, like, great. I was like, I am so excited that this deal seems to be like exactly what you need it to be. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's I'm hoping good. it does well. That's I really good. do hope it does well. And I feel bad because, you know, regular TV is losing some blackness, but these premium channels and these streaming channels, mm-hmm. they, they investing heavy. They are mm-hmm. investing heavy in the black faces because they know we make money. And so we don't think it's altruistic or anything no, like that, no, but no, 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 no. They, you know, they get it. They, Wait till the Asians start getting more stuff yeah. because they, that's coming too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, started watching The Underground Railroad by the remarkable Barry Jenkins. And I am, I am, I am, I am, I am blown away. <laughs> I am having all of the feelings. So the Underground Railroad is based on a book by Colson Whitehead. He's like this one of these writers that can like write about the most horrific things, but in this like such a poetic but blunt way that it's like mm-hmm. moves fast. So when I read the Underground Railroad, I read the book a while ago. I was like, first of all, you know, it's one of those books like Octavia Butler books that there's no happy ending. Like it never gets better, but you're still in it. (laughs) Like it's, it, it never, like no one's, there's no rest, but we just going to keep going. Um, and it's like rides on this certain momentum of like just action and plot and energy with this. It's just, it was a phenomenal book. 
when I heard that Barry Jenkins was going to be making it into a TV series, I was like, I don't, this is, I don't even understand how this is possible. But if anybody could do it, he can. And, and do it, he did. It is, <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it is, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Pace yourself. Watch it. There are certain things I've seen in it that I will never forget. But it, I want to say that it's one of those things. It's not like trauma porny. It's like everything that's done is done for a purpose. And that purpose is not shock and awe. You know, like it's for storytelling purposes. And I felt as a black person watching this, this, this very traumatic story held in this amazing way, which felt so special. But what I want to talk about particularly that triggered me. And I won't get into this. Like I want, it's very plot. It's a lot happening, so I don't want to give away any plot. But I really think that the the, the miniseries is more of a critique of whiteness. It's everything. It's all the things. But I've never seen a show, a movie that is so like critical and like so digging into like what exactly whiteness looks like. Like what exactly is whiteness and how white people move in the world. And something I was particularly struck by, episode three, there is a white man who is um, attempting to help. I won't get it. I won't say any more about the plot. White man attempting to help. Shit goes wrong. He gets, he fucking (laughs) just evaporates and just is not helpful anymore. I love white man attempting to help. Yes, attempting to help. Just whatever. And what I, I won't even get, like I said, I won't even get into the plot of this right now. This is this too much. But what it, it triggered in me is this remembering of like how emotionally lazy white people are. And I didn't really understand fully. Like I was like, what, what am I watching right now? And I was like, there is a certain level of emotional laziness that is part of whiteness and white people. Like this unwillingness to investigate, to ask questions, to like create like uncomfortable like make people uncomfortable make themselves uncomfortable that is part of like packaged in this like white liberalness that i am so sick of i am so over i am so enraged by that i just want to like i just i saw it and i saw it it was so barry jenkins because he's a genius it was like subtle but poignant at the same time and i was like that emotional laziness because I am a good white person, so I have nothing else to learn. I can't. And I'm doing all of the things. I can't. And so I'm not the person you're talking to. I can't. Can you I can't. direct your shit I can't. to the other people? I'm because just, I deal with that on a regular fucking basis. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, like, I'm, I am like, over it. No, son. You too. I am over I'm it. I'm still learning and I'm experiencing the, th- the things. We're all still learning. Thanks and thanks and welcome. All right. Tell us. Tell us what you got. What you got. <laughs> I decided that I was going to watch this thing that I had been interested in called um, In Our Mother's Gardens. And okay. Okay. It is yes. 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 Executive produced, written, directed by Chantrell P. Lewis. Shout out Chantrell. Shout out Chantrell. Shout out to Chantrell. So I don't actually know Chantrell, but I know her. Mm-hmm. You and I attended the stress protests. Mm-hmm. Girl Trek, Girl Trek. Like, yes. Girl Trek, yes, yes, Girl yes, Trek yes, yes, in yes. 2019. Yes. And sidebar for Girl Trek. If you have not experienced this stress protest, I don't even want y'all all to come. I don't even want to invite all of y'all because I need to keep this experience. Let's not be that way. But, There's abundance. But I'm not. But you, see, but you see, you how, I, you see how I'm getting yes, out. Yes. I'm sharing. 
you need to get your ass up on wherever they have it. They had it in Colorado at Estes State Park up on this mountain for the three days and just get into this stress protest. It was all types of black women life changing. being black. Life changing. Life changing. Life changing. Oh my gosh. Cannot stop talking about it. It's been two years. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, back to the, My back. bad was packed for the next one. Back right. to this. Okay. No. So Chantrell was one of the organizers, you know, mass, you know, just mm-hmm. artists mm-hmm. Um, featured and organizing this event. So that's where I came to know of her. Mm-hmm. And started to follow her on um, social media after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's a hoodoo priestess. She does everything. She does mm-hmm. all the things. But she created this documentary called In Our Mother's Gardens. And it is various black women, Toronto Burke, um, just lots of um, creative and influential and regular black women talking about their matriarchs. Mm-hmm. And however they were raised. So some raised by their mothers, some raised by their grandmothers, the kinds of mothers you had, the kinds of um, grandmothers and great grandmothers you had, where you're from. So there was a lot of folks with roots in the south mm-hmm. of the United States, mm-hmm. south, the south of the United, southern United States. There were some who um, were from uh, the continent, so um, Sierra Leone and mm-hmm. South Africa. There was a Guyanese woman. So it's different. Mm-hmm. women but the overwhelming majority were from the south and toronto burke is like generations in the bronx big up the ex. that's right that's right right, she's so ahead. hold on she's so bronx so bronx the baby. way i love her the we way so, i love we her we so bronx we so bronx because she was so i was like see sis that yeah. you just sit in the car next to yeah, me yeah. so anyway go ahead um where was the trigger what happened what had happened what had it was happened? it was beautifully done um tell it it wasn't exactly what i was expecting there was a lot of vulnerability and there was a lot of um, folks talking about disruption in their family. Okay. And re- difficult relationships with mothers and being displaced from their mothers okay. and trauma inflicted with their mothers. And so I felt I was triggered and not in a good way. Um, not in a bad way either, but it, it was made me melancholy, a little angry. Mm. Um, and it made me think a lot about my mother and then my mother's mother, okay. my mother who was still with us, who's a very big force in my life and the life of probably anyone who meets her. Miss mm-hmm. um, Bev is a lot. Mm-hmm. But it made me, there's a lot of women who talked about their traditions with the ancestors and the magic and the seeing and the knowing. Um and I have a lot of tradition. My mom's Jamaican. My parents, are, my parents are Jamaican. So there's a lot of ingrained tradition in me. But there's also a big disruption that I feel. Mm-hmm. So I feel the weight of colonization and oppression in my family so greatly. A lot more than you one would think because my parents have never been anything other than proud to be black. But through that respectability politics mm-hmm. you must be this way certain things you know you take in your christianity you but christianity properness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. right relationship with white folks and mm-hmm. manners and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff and looking at how big my mother is in space and time and in her spirit but there's such a lack of that connection for us in terms of things that she calls superstition and blah, blah, blah. And with the death of my father recently, I am learning a lot more about her feelings and how she feels about 
spiritual things and you know what we what we were taught were ghosts but our ancestors and her relationship to it which I never even knew existed and so I was triggered into a what would we have been Mm -hmm. what would the women in my family have been if not for Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also and not comparing but wondering how folks held on to things Mm -hmm. um and like Mm -hmm. some people were telling their stories about you know my grandmother was a swearing grandmother and she wasn't the milk and cookies kind and blah 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 and like you know my family we're broads in my family Mm -hmm. there's definitely some properness (laughs) and stuff but there's we are broads we are we're gonna tell you about your crotches we're gonna tell you the things like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there is no we can always whip ass you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there was always you know and there's also Mm-hmm. lace tablecloths and all that kind of shit but I was not raised in um in a super ladylike house but a very womanly house so yeah. the women in my family are yeah. very and not not femininity women like you know and tough love and all those things and so mm-hmm. it was so triggering mm-hmm. because I was like I feel such a sense of disruption yeah. and disconnection. Yeah. And then I started to, I started to lament, like, how do I create that connection with my daughter? Yeah. I think that it's so it was su- a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Everything you're saying, I feel it in my soul. Um, the, I think that there is a purposeful forgetting that is part of our coping and survival as black people, as black women particularly, and there's a way that when you start to feel safety, emotional mm. safety, whatever, like physical safety, whatever, there's like a, a there is like a readiness to remember. And um Tana Hasi rushing back at me. Yes, Tana Hasi Post's book, um this is like a yeah, um The Water Dancer, which is also mm-hmm. phenomenal this is like one of the themes like remembering and like how and why we have forgotten. And I think that anytime you try to have a conversation with any of y'all go find a Western Jamaican woman and ask her a question as simple as like, what kind of shoes did you used to wear to school? Nobody don't know nothing. There's no, no details. There's no details. Like nobody want to talk about any of the details. Who is your best friend? Don't ask. Leather. Yeah. Don't. Don't. No. Why do you want to know all them things? No texture. (laughs) No color. No detail. And 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 the remembering is in the details. Like the remembering is in the like how it smelled, where you walk, and every so often, um, my aunt, my my um my aunt, who's like the oldest of her siblings, every so often you'll catch her telling a story that does not in any way fit in the narrative I have about who she is as a person and it's just like a rem- like oh there's a whole before that I don't know there's yes. a whole before so- that I have no clue about and I just like try to listen and don't put on too much pressure because they'll stop talking no 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 you got you gotta just like just put sit. the tape recorder down and let them and it's funny because my sister and I are notorious from having good memories mm-hmm. anybody that listened to my other podcast cheat code my memory is long it is detailed I know dates <laughs> we get that from my mother. Oh, really? Yes. My mother's memory is incredible. Wow. And she is a funny and fun storyteller and her laugh is big. But to get her to tell a fucking story is like pulling teeth. It's a lot of trauma and so there. My, my father, we called the serial killer because my dad was like, yeah, I know all this stuff, but I'm not telling you shit. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we're not talking about yeah. it. Yeah. But my mother 
carries a lot of the history mm-hmm. and my fit my my mother's whole family is like that my uncle cosmo yeah i have an uncle cosmo mm-hmm. um, my aunt pat like they are natural historians and whether out of resent or natural they they carry these things and but getting them to sit well, and tell a story well we have been told too as black people that our stories are not valuable like that the the like our narrative it's better to forget right yeah. it's better to move there's on no, to move it on. there's no value in it no one's no one's making a movie about just like some random black girls just day in the life that shit is like on repeat for white people on every channel all the time like no one no yeah. one no one cares but I care and you care. And so we are going to continue to push forward these stories and, and continue to like ask those questions. I am really, I think your last trigger was like a, it was a good one. It didn't feel, it felt I think, like. I think it was a little bit of a call to action. Yeah, it's like we a call. Some, like, I have some talking to do. Talk to your people, tell your stories, record them, write them down. Yes. It's so important. It's so important. I can't even tell you how many times I'd be like, I'm going through this right now. And then I'd be like t- talking about it. And my mother will then tell a story and it's like the same, like I'm reliving her life. Very different, but not that different. All the time. All the time. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Nalika. Bye. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.